Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. On the right side, Curry, crossover, dribble to Kaminga, who powers it! Oh, oh baby! 73-71, another monster finish at the summit for Jonathan Kuminga. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Yes, it does. Another Warriors win, this time 120-105 to 105 north of the border in Toronto. The Warriors start this road trip 3-0. They've won eight consecutive games away from Chase Center. They're 13-3 over their last 16 games. They're now a season-high five games over 500 at 32-27. and 27. And as we speak, they are creeping up the Western Conference standings percentage points ahead of the Lakers for ninth place in the West. They've gotten some help from around the NBA earlier today. We'll go through those scores before we do get off the air here tonight on 95-7 the game. We've also got a game that has some importance to Warrior fans coming to an end right now in Minnesota. The Kings and T-Wolves tied at 115 with 17 seconds left. Of course, the Warriors should be Timberwolves fans in this game as the Warriors are hot on the Kings' heels. I'll give you a final score update from that game as soon as I do get it. Uh, But the Warriors, they controlled what they are supposed to do, what they can control, what is in their power. Just keep stacking wins, and the Warriors win today 120-105 to over the Toronto Raptors. Again, now you got a 3-0 road trip, wins in D.C., in New York against the Knicks, and now in Toronto against the Raptors. Eight consecutive wins. You're 13-3 over your last 16 games, and they're 32 
and 27 overall. It is Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game on a wet Friday evening in San Francisco and across uh, the Bay Area, Northern California in general. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mark Randy with you here on 95.7 The Game, and it's becoming a habit. The Warriors just winning games on the road. Uh, they have been incredible at it. Uh, and and this has been a, a dream road trip. And you consider where this uh, this night started for the Warriors. It started still in New York. The Warriors, it took them forever to get out of New York City last night because they had mechanical issues with their plane that was flying them from New York to Toronto. They got through customs. They got through all of that international customs, getting ready to, to go north of the border. But the plane had mechanical issues. They were sitting on the tarmac all morning. They don't get in to Toronto into the hotel until after 7, and most of the players then even fall asleep until around 8 a.m. in the morning. Uh, now, I'm sure that you got, they got some shut-eye in while they're sitting on the plane uh, waiting for them to take off on the tarmac, uh, but you didn't climb into a bed until around 8 a.m. this morning, local time in Toronto, and then you got to wake up and your body clocks are all off and you got to play the back end of a back-to-back. And there was a little bit of, I don't know, sluggish energy to begin. The Warriors trailed after one. They were down at halftime, but they flipped the switch in that third quarter. They dominated the second half. The third quarter was the big quarter in this game. The Warriors turned a three-point deficit into a 10-point lead going into the fourth with a 32-19 edge in the third quarter. They continued that in the fourth. Uh, Toronto was playing without Scotty Barnes in the second half. He suffered a hand injury uh, in the first half late in that second quarter, did not return. He's one of the, the league's best young players. Certainly hope that he is all right. But that did help the Warriors' cause, not having to deal with Scotty Barnes. Toronto only scored 41 points in the second half. They could not get anything going offensively in the second half. And the Warriors uh, used that defensive effort, that intensity, the attention to detail, and, and just the frenetic energy um, that the Warriors had starting in that third quarter. They were more active. They were more energetic. They were more inspired than the Toronto Raptors were, and they used that to earn the win. Again, 120 to 105 is the final. The Warriors knock off the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. I promise an update from Sacramento and Minnesota as we get rolling. Uh, you can give me a call, by the way, 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. Our YouTube chat is uh, up and running as always. The YouTube chat, you can visit it, youtube.com slash 957thegame, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. We got overtime in Minneapolis, so the T-Wolves and the Kings tied at the end of regulation. They are going to overtime. I'll keep you updated on that score as the night moves on. Uh, the most important score for the Warriors earlier in the day, uh, the Mavericks lost in Boston. So the Warriors gain a game on the Mavericks, and uh, Warriors fans should be keeping an eye on the Clippers and Wizards game that is about to get underway down in L.A., uh, Wizards, uh, they just lost to the Lakers in kind of heartbreaking fashion for the Wizards last night. Not necessarily expecting a uh, Wizards win over the Clippers, uh, but in terms of games that are still going on, it's it's just Kings and Timberwolves in overtime, and then Wizards and Clippers about to tip off uh, from Los Angeles. I'll give you an update uh, as much as I can throughout the night here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. Okay, so the Warriors win 120 to 105. 
a 3-0 and start to this road trip. You've got a chance to get greedy uh, in Boston on Sunday. The best team in the NBA for my money. They've been incredible. They're going to wrap up the one seed in the East like really soon. That's how good that they have been. And frankly, the rest of the East just is not quite on their level. Um, but 3-0 and road trip, you can make it 4-0 and if you pull off an upset in, in Boston on Sunday. But a 3-1 and road trip was, I think, what most Warrior fans would say would have been uh, the most you could possibly expect from this roadie. Uh, you certainly needed to get two of these four. You've already gotten three. A 3-1 and road trip, I would you'd be hard-pressed to find any Warrior fan disappointed with that. The Warriors are now 13-3 and over their last 16 and 32-27 and overall. And as we're talking about, gained some ground on a couple of uh, teams in the Western Conference. They are now percentage points ahead of the Lakers for ninth, and they gained a whole game on the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference standings. As we take a quick peek there, the Warriors now only a game and a half behind Dallas for eighth in the West and also a game and a half behind the Kings. And if the Kings are to fall in overtime to the Timberwolves, the Warriors would be only a game behind the Kings for eighth in the Western Conference. So that's certainly a game to keep your eyes on if you are a Warriors fan. Okay, so how did the Warriors get this one done today? Uh, I mentioned the 120-105 to 105 final score and the great energy in the first half, or pardon me, in the second half. It wasn't really that way in the first half. In fact, the Warriors came out of the gates really sluggish, as you might expect, a team that didn't get into their hotel beds until around 8 in the morning, the day of the game. They, they woke up and they had a, a breakfast or a lunch or a brunch at like 2 in the afternoon, getting ready for the tip-off 7.30 local timeout in Toronto. Um, and they were a little sluggish to begin. Moses Moody scored the Warriors' first seven points. Uh, the first Warrior score uh, by a non-Moody player. So the first non-Moody points by a Warrior came with 6.43 left in the first quarter. It was Draymond Green free throws. The first non-Moody Warriors made field goal was a Curry three-pointer with 6.11 left in the first quarter. Only Moses Moody scored for the Warriors through the first five-plus minutes of this ballgame. And Steve Kerr was frustrated early. He called an early timeout, and if you were watching, you could see him ask for the ball from Clay Thompson after he called the timeout because he wanted to get a shot up himself. He was so frustrated by all the Warriors' missed shots. He called another timeout later after the Warriors were a little bit lackadaisical getting back on defense. Uh, and he particularly got in the face of Jonathan Kaminga, and he was upset at everyone on the floor, but he got in the face of Jonathan Kaminga, and you could, if you are a somewhat decent lip reader, you can absolutely read his lips. It was, what the bleep? I can't say it here on the radio. He was really upset, uh, and he, he kind of got into his guys a little bit early. Now, it didn't immediately turn things around, uh, maybe there was a, a halftime speech, an impassioned uh, speech from Steve Kerr in the locker room because the energy and the effort was just incredible beginning in the third quarter. Um, but Steve Kerr was frustrated early by his team's effort. It totally changed later on, and the Warriors win 120-105 uh, to 105 against the Toronto Raptors, and they're now 3-0 on this road trip. But it really was Moses Moody early who kept the Warriors in this game. It's his third consecutive positive game as a starter, the Warriors still without Andrew Wiggins, not with the team for personal reasons. At this point, 
I would be surprised if he plays on Sunday in Boston, and I would imagine Moses Moody will keep starting for the time being. But Moody kept the Warriors afloat early, 17 points in this game. He scored the Warriors' first seven. He made three threes. We talked last night here on a Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. That if Moses Moody keeps playing the defense and makes the hustle plays, brings the energy like you know he's going to every every given night, and also adds in making some threes, he's going to make this a real tough decision for Steve Kerr when eventually Andrew Wiggins returns. And tonight, Moses Moody did that. He made three three-pointers, three of five from downtown. Those 17 total points had five rebounds and assist, had two steals, had two blocks. One of those blocks was another jump shot. Remember, he had the the block on a Alec Burks mid-range jumper in the fourth quarter last night in New York that turned into a Kaminga and one in a key stretch in the fourth quarter. He had a block of, I think it was an Emmanuel quickly three-point attempt in this game today, led to a Warriors bucket on the other end as well. He's got a seven-foot wingspan, and I I think he kind of sneaks up on other wings, guards, Uh, along the perimeter because there aren't many guards or wings that are checking those guys uh, that have seven-foot wingspans. Moses Moody does. He can get to those shots, and he's done that in consecutive games. So he steadied the Warriors early. It was not a very good Jonathan Kaminga first quarter, but then he just took over in quarter number two. He was scoreless in the first quarter, missed Uh, All four of his shot attempts, including a three-pointer, had a a really tough spinning, fading, mid-range jumper that was one of his more forced shots of the game. Uh, But he took over in the second quarter, scoring 13 points, was 5 of 7 from the field. Everything was inside the paint in that second quarter. He almost ended... Uh, Pertle's life with a crazy poster dunk. He had another dunk later on in the game over the top of a couple of different uh, Raptors. He was really good from the second quarter on. And then you got the, the ho-hum game from Stephen Curry. 25 points, made seven threes. He had uh, six rebounds, six assists. Uh, and the Warriors earned the win. Those three carrying the load offensively. 25 from Steph, 24 from Kaminga, 17 from Moody. You got 13 points from Chris Paul off the bench. He made three threes himself. He was very solid, focused, steady, leading the second unit for the Warriors. Clay Thompson hit a couple of big threes in the second half. Hit a big one in the fourth quarter when the game was kind of hanging around. He actually might have hit the the death blow for the Raptors. Pushed the lead to 16 for the Warriors after a quick timeout by Steve Kerr. He finished with 14 points, so you got contributions from all over. But you got to really emphasize what Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga did uh, because without those two tonight, this Warriors team probably gets down by 15 or 20 in the first half. I mean, that's how much of a struggle it was early. Not that the Raptors were playing out of their minds, uh, but the Warriors could not get anything to go offensively. Moses Moody hit a couple of shots, and then Kaminga took over in the second quarter. And then you got Stephen Curry going. You got a couple from Clay. Chris Paul was solid, uh, and the Warriors use that to to earn a, a tough fought victory and they win both ends of a back-to-back on the road in New York in Toronto that's not an easy back-to-back and the Warriors win both sides of it so three and0 on the road trip they've now won eight consecutive road games they've won 13 of their last 16 and they just keep on stacking W's and if they keep doing that they are eventually gonna keep moving up 
in the Western Conference standings. All right, phone lines lighten up here on Warriors Wrap-Up, 95-7 the game. Mark Randy with you on a Friday evening. Hopefully everyone's doing great on this Friday. Let's get out to some of the phone callers here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Up first uh, is Drew Down. Drew Down out in Tracy as always. Drew, how you doing? You're on 95-7 the game with Mark Randy. What's up? What's up, Granny? I'm going to start like this. <laughs> a great road win for the Warriors. I think that's eight straight. I uh, hope Scotty Barnes is okay. I know he went out with look like he hit his hand on the rim. Uh, hopefully he was okay. I mean, it helped the Warriors, but at the end of the day, you know, I hope I don't want to see anybody injured. So I hope Scotty's okay. Um, definitely was an incredible win. We all heard about the, you know, the late, uh, late, you know, got, they got in late. They didn't sleep till eight, you know, and in case you didn't hear that, uh, Bob Fitzgerald made sure that everybody heard that. So <laughs> A uh, great win from the Warriors. You know, kind of a rough first quarter. You know, Curry hit some shots to kind of erase the lead. And like you, I heard you say earlier, Moody, I think he scored the first seven. So yep. uh, they were able to kind of – I figured it might get ugly quick, especially since the, the last time we played Toronto, they kind of – they whooped us pretty good. So, I mean, I know it, we're a different team now, but it was nice to see them, you know, not, not get, you know, blown out early. They kind of kept the tide. And then second quarter, Kaminga took over. And uh, definitely, you know, it was close at halftime. Um, I thought you know JK had a great game. I, I agree. I didn't I didn't love the three pointers he t- he took unless it's like the end of the shot clock. I'd rather see him just take a dribble or two in and even take a mid range or, or attack the rim and pass it. But other than that, I thought he had a you know I thought he had a great game. Even when he missed some shots at the rim, I feel like he takes two defenders with them, so that gives you know the Devs four and three chance to you know get a rebound and, and a putback. So um, and I definitely I like seeing the Curry uh, JK pick and roll action. I feel like a lot of times two defenders would stay with Curry and JK had a, you know, had a little open, open uh, lane to the rim. So I'd like to see, you know, see how that materializes and run that a little bit more going forward. Uh, Clay Thompson definitely struggled, you know, in the first half, I think he was scoreless, but I thought he made some big shots in the second half and definitely helped, you know, help carry the offense in the second half. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of glad I feel like they went away from Sarich. I feel like Sarich was the, you know, one player off the bench that didn't haven't been making an impact. I thought Chris Paul, Trace Jackson Davis, that little uh, you know, put back jumper at the end of the shot clock to beat it from mm. Davis was really cool. Lester making some shots, you know, uh, Gary Payton hasn't been super great, but I feel like he's still getting rebounds and, and being a pest. So like Sarge, I don't know what what's going with Sarge, but he hasn't been able to find his game and I think they went away from him in the second half, so We'll see what happens going forward. I know uh, Guy Santos is out, so I know the roster is a little handcuffed. But um, at the end of the day, as a part of this team on a back-to-back with all the you know late getting in flight, uh, no excuses. I love the heart you know that they've been showing. You know, even when at the end of the fourth quarter when it gets a little tight, it's like this team, you know, they they're able to lean on their experience, get buckets. Um, and I thought the defense outside that outside of the first quarter where I thought they were overhelping and, um, you know, Toronto was getting a lot of open threes and they were hitting a lot of threes in the first. <clears throat> After that, I thought the defense kind of locked in and um, thought it was, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, it got a little ugly. I felt like that defense really locked in and got stops when they needed to. And uh, just, like I said, man, just a great, you know, great win prior of this team. And let's see, I know Boston is up next, but, I'm not counting this team out of any game, so let's see if we can, you know, keep this win streak rolling. Thanks, Randy. Yep, good call, Drew. Uh, I mean, Drew just ran down basically the entire roster, and I can understand why. Uh, the Warriors, without two key rotation pieces, and before they went down, both were starters in Pajemski and Andrew Wiggins, and Steve Kerr and the Warriors still played. Uh, they played all 12 available bodies, but they played 
Uh, 11 of them, not major minutes, but at least a decent chunk of minutes. Uh, Jerome Robinson played a minute at garbage time, but let's just ignore that for now. Everybody else played at least five and a half minutes. Uh, and Dario Saric, who Drew Down brought up, the Warriors kind of went away from him. He did not play in the second half. He got a DNP in the final two quarters. And we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, he has really struggled. Really, it was since Chris Paul went down with his broken, uh, fractured hand, uh, Saric had started to struggle. I mean, he was shooting like 40% from downtown for a lot of the year. And then Chris Paul went down and Saric's uh, game took a little bit of a dip. His performance took a little bit of a dip. And I think Steve Kerr's assumption and definite hope was, all right, once Chris Paul returns, we're going to get that same charge from earlier in the year. Uh, unfortunately, through three games, that has not been the case. Steve Kerr has stuck with him basically in his normal rotation. But we saw a shift tonight. Charge did not play in the second half. Trace Jackson Davis, in fact, played ahead of both Charge and Kevon Looney. It was Dario Sharich that was the first big off the bench in the second half, not Kevon Looney. It was Trace Jackson Davis in over Kevon Looney over Dario Sharich. I know that excites a lot of Warrior fans. It's what so many Warrior fans have been calling for. Um, and not that Trace Jackson Davis was the, the giant X factor in this game today. He was solid. Nine points, three or four from the field, uh, four rebounds in 16 minutes. He was certainly not bad. He, he he wasn't. He had a couple of really nice moments. He was solid. He he did a really good job contributing uh, in this one for the Warriors. He played over Kevon Looney. Played over Dario Sharks, and maybe that continues moving forward. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I I'm of the mind that I think Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, and Trace Jackson Davis can be a a really good three man group. Uh, off the bench. Now, tonight's a little bit of an interesting case because Clay started because Pajemski was out. And for those asking about Pajemski's injury, he was doubtful earlier in the day, so it wasn't immediately clear that he was not going to play. Uh, he might play Sunday. Uh, we're going to hear from Steve Kerr. I'm sure he addressed that as well. Uh, we'll get that uh, to you as soon as we can. Um, but even if he does not play on Sunday, I would I would expect him back on Wednesday uh, when the Warriors play next. They're at home Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday of next week. They play in Sunday uh, in Boston on Sunday. It's not a major knee injury for Brandon Pajemski at all. He was on the bench and in really good spirits, having some fun uh, with the Warriors out on the court uh, in his street clothes tonight. All right, back out to the phone lines we go on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you, uh, 888-957-9570. That's the number to call. It's also the Comcast Business text line. Up next is Shaka in Berkeley. Shaka, what's up? You're on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? What's up, MB? Man, man, that was a fantastic game, man. Kaminga looks like the human highlight, man. He dunked on that seven-footer and made him look like he was 6'2", man. Did you see how he exploded? Yeah. And also, I want to talk about, and Moody was, man, his defense. First, coming along cold, he shuts Brunson down. Brunson is a consistent all-star for New York. He's been good all year. So, he shuts a uh, top, uh, top 15 player down in the NBA his first game. He has a good game the second game. He's doing some offensive things also. We look even better without Wiggins. I hate to say it like that, and I wish everything is going all right with him, and I wish him come back quickly. 
But I'm just saying we're playing together as a unit, a cohesive unit. Everybody's contributing. It's just something to watch. This is a championship team. Everybody's talking about Dallas and all those other uh, Oklahoma City. You got to understand, the, 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 the point guard just came back. Clay is just getting used to his role. Kaminga is just is is, is on stardom. He's 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 a bright light in the, in the middle of the night. Then you have the the, the flame floor, the flame floors, and Steph Curry, the greatest shooter ever. So we we we've got something going right here, man. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Shaka. I mean, I I can't I can't knock you for your enthusiasm. The Warriors are giving you a reason to be that enthusiastic and confident. Thirteen and three over their last sixteen. Uh, they have won eight consecutive games on the road, and they're a season-high five games over 500, and they were missing a couple of rotation pieces today. Now, the Raptors aren't anything special. They have been playing a little bit better recently. They've got a lot of talent on their roster. Now, it is relatively young talent, and they were missing a major piece in the second half. Scotty Barnes went down with what looked like a hand injury. He, he kind of hit his hand hard on the rim in the second quarter, immediately yelled out in pain. Uh, and, and he was screaming for quite a while. Might be a broken bone in his hand, maybe something similar to what Chris Paul just went through. Hope he's all right, but he did not play in the second half, and without Scotty Barnes, the Raptors are certainly a much different team, but a win's a win. On the road, back end of the back-to-back, you got into Toronto, you got to your hotel after 7 in the morning, the day of the game. You get in, and then 12 hours later, you got to play a game. Like That's not easy, no matter who the opponent is. Uh, and the Warriors handled business. They got the win, and now they're 3-0 and on the road trip, trying to get greedy on Sunday in Boston. And even if they lose in Boston, as I think most people, you know, before a road trip starts, you say, all right, that's an L in Boston. You get the other three, and that is a fantastic road trip. The Warriors have already wrapped up a fantastic road trip. Now you could wrap up a perfect road trip, but it's already been fantastic. They could walk out of Boston and get beaten by 40, and it would still be a fantastic road trip. Uh, but they have an opportunity to make it a 4-0 and a perfect road trip. All right, back out to the phones on 95.7 The Game. It's Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you. You can give me a call and join the conversation, 888-957-9570. Up next is Tim. Tim's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tim, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, Randy. How you doing, brother? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. A, a nice Warrior win tonight, huh, Tim? you real good, bro. This is my thing, Randy. I want to ask you, what will it take to get Kaminga 32 to 35 minutes a game. Now, I don't want to – I know everybody was tired tonight, so that could have played into it. But we saw this last night that they get to the point where they can't really score out there in the fourth quarter. Then they throw him back out there. Then the lead extends. We saw the same thing tonight. They, 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 it starts getting a little close. They throw him back out there. He gets a quick and one with, and makes the free throw. I mean, just, Grandy, what can we do to get the guy 32 to 35 minutes? I'm thinking this dude – We'll probably average about 25 with ease if we can get him that amount of time on the court. And then another thing, Granny, what would it do for not only him but for the team if Kerr would just get one technical foul when this guy is getting hammered on any time he goes up? I mean, just one tech to raise hell or bring it up in a press conference for something. The guy gets completely brutalized when he goes up for dunks and layups and no calls at all. At some point, the coach got to make, make it a point to bring it to these reps' attention. And then the last one, Grandy, honestly, at this point, um, 
if if Wiggins comes back, and and who knows what the hell is going on, if he comes back, man, let's just let Moody run with this thing. We need to leave Moody out there, let his confidence get as high as it can be, and I I think he would almost give us a, a, a seventeen to twenty point game on a regular basis. I mean, we need to stop playing these games with with Wiggins. Um, and I'm not going to try and guess what it is, but I mean, how how crazy is this, Grandy? Two years in a row, almost the same time of the year, a guy just taps out because of family problems. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but listen, man, at some point, we we got to go to another, another way. I'm not saying that he's not going to be on the team, but when he comes back, hey, Moody is yours. Go forward and do what you can do. And I think this kid will take it and run with it. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up, man. Um, a great win, and I just I love to see these guys out there balling. But I would love to see Kaminga just get about thirty-two to thirty-five a game. This guy's not going to get tired, and I think I think we could get a lot more out of him. So, all right, Granny, I appreciate you, man. I hope you have a good one over there, man. Thanks to you too, man. Appreciate the call, Tim. Um, I get your point on Kaminga. I mean, he certainly has uh, the energy. I mean, he's only in his third year, uh, young twenties. You can play him 32. You can play him 33, 34 minutes. I get it. Uh, let's see. What did he have tonight? 27 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, the thing about the Warriors, though, is you are you're you're so deep. I mean, Steve Kerr played 11 guys today. Uh, now he only played 10 in the second half. I guess technically 11 if you include the one minute of garbage time from Jerome Robinson. Um, but if you're giving somebody more minutes, not that I, I disagree that Kaminga deserves some more minutes and is certainly capable of handling more minutes, but are you going to take the minutes away from who? Are you going to take them away from Draymond Green? Are you going to take them away from Moses Moody, who, by the way, led the Warriors with 31 and a half minutes tonight? Are you going to take them away from Chris Paul? Uh, you're going to take him away from GP2, who has been one of the Warriors' most positive players this season in terms of when he's on the court, the Warriors outscore opponents, just pure plus minus. Gary Payton has been great at that. Like, you got to – you. I, I understand every single point that Warrior fans make, and, and, and Tim, you're making this about Kaminga. It's been made all season about Moses Moody. Uh, Moses deserves more minutes, and I agree he deserves to be playing, but the minutes got to come from somebody else. And the Warriors, despite missing two starters tonight, Wiggins and Pajemski, did not play, were not available. Wiggins isn't even with the team right now, and we certainly hope everything is okay with Wiggins and his family. We're, we're wishing him the best. This is an, an issue and something we're talking about today, even without two starters. Before this, Moses Moody wasn't playing at all. Like, this is the reality for the Warriors this year. And yeah, it is a good problem to have. And I'm seeing it right now on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Swole Mole says Sharich and Loon have to sit. I think that's the conclusion a lot of people are drawing. I, I've drawn that same exact conclusion. But let's not pretend like Sharich and Loon is going to open up more wing play unless the Warriors just go incredibly small. 24-7 because the Warriors aren't going to survive with just Draymond Green and Trace Jackson Davis and then your other bigs are what Kaminga and and Moody like I get that Sharich and Looney are, are generally falling out of favor a little bit but it's not pretend like that's going to open up more minutes for Moody or something when Wiggins is back like the Warriors have a legit 
like six, seven wings that need to be playing more, think they should be playing more, and deserve to be playing more that they just don't really have room for right now. Now, Tim is right. There's a real chance that if the, the Wiggins' absence continues for a little bit longer, and again, we hope everything is okay, but the reality is if it continues for longer and Moody keeps playing like this, hitting threes, playing great defense, uh, he was, what, in his minutes today, a game-best plus 17. He was a game-best and plus-minus last night. Like, it's going to be hard to take him out of the lineup. That's the reality. And you're going to have to make tough decisions, and by you I mean Steve Kerr, about who's getting minutes and who's not. Because the odd man out pre-Wiggins' absence was Moses Moody. Who's going to be the odd man out once Wiggins returns? It's That's the million-dollar question right now for the Warriors. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll get some more of your calls. Rich, Brett, and Roberto, I see all of you. You're coming up on the other side. Also, we got to hear from Steve Kerr. I wanted to also play for you guys what Chris Paul said postgame on NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, He said a number of really interesting things that I want you guys to hear. That's coming up on the other side as Warriors wrap-up continues. It's Mark Randy with you. The Warriors beat the Raptors 120-105, to a 3-0. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. road trip to begin one more game coming up on Sunday in Boston. More Warriors wrap up next on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Mark Randy with you. The Warriors knock off the Raptors 120 to 105 in Toronto. It's a 3-0 road trip for the Warriors. They've won eight consecutive road games. How about that? This team won 11 road games all of last year. They've won eight straight road games right now. They're 13-3 and in their last 16 games overall, and they're up to a season high five games over 500 at 32-27, and and they are currently percentage points ahead of the Lakers for ninth place in the Western Conference, although a little bit of bad, bad news from Minneapolis. The Timberwolves fell to the Kings in overtime, so the Kings win. They're back up to 34-25 and now nine games over 500 so the Warriors are now two full games behind the Kings for seventh still though just a game and a half out of eighth behind the Mavericks and looking up to out of the play-in the Suns and Pelicans tied uh, the Warriors three games behind each of those two teams who are tied for fifth the Suns percentage points ahead in fifth the Pelicans in sixth The Warriors three games behind both of those teams, but no help from the best team in the Western Conference, the T-Wolves, who fall at home to the Sacramento Kings in overtime. The Kings two games ahead of the Warriors as both teams, the Warriors and the Kings, 
win today. All right, final score in Toronto, Warriors 120, Raptors 105. Uh, we talked a lot about Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Honestly, uh, Jonathan Kaminga's first quarter, uh, I was really disappointed in. Uh, he was 0 for 4 from the field in the first quarter, took a couple of, I think, ill Bad decision jumpers. He he missed one three-pointer. He took another spinning fader from like 15 or 17 feet out that was well contested. Um, but he just like put his head down and shifted into another gear in the second quarter with 13 points. Got to the rim at will, even when he wasn't finishing at the rim, which he normally was. But even when he wasn't, he's getting to the free throw line. He's hitting his free throws at a much higher clip. He was 3-for-3 from the line in that second quarter alone. He finished 6-for-6 from the free throw line. And he gives the Warriors uh, a new dynamic defensively, or pardon me, offensively, that they haven't had in a while. Uh, Maybe since uh, the Kevin Durant era, when you have a guy who can just get to the rim almost at will and draw fouls on a consistent basis. I mean, we had a caller arguing uh, or not arguing, but complaining about uh, some of the the, the non-calls on Kaminga. Kaminga gets to the line more than any other warrior, at least he has the last couple of months. I thought the caller was first going to complain about the Stephen Curry uh, three-point shot that he made, and he got fouled by Yaka Pirtle, but there was no call. It should have been a four-point play. I mean, Pirtle, like, landed right on top of him. No call. Curry didn't even kick out a leg. No call there. I don't really understand that one. I've seen a foul called for so much more, or pardon me, for so much less uh, than than Yaka Perta was guilty of right there. Uh, but Kaminga gives the Warriors that new kind of layer to the offense, and he himself is evolving as an offensive player. We know what he can do in transition. We know that he is uh, strong. Uh, we know that he can just discard smaller players, like. There was a moment where I think he got matched up with, I think it was quickly. No, it was Gary Trent Jr., a two-guard wing for the Raptors, and it was in kind of semi-transition. And he's matched up with Gary Trent Jr. And Kaminga sees that matchup, and he says, all right, you know what, Gary? I'm going to seal you off. I'm going to win my spot in the paint and make myself available in this kind of quick-tempo possession, not quite a, a fast-break bucket, but before the defense can get set. You're not ready to defend me down low, Gary Trent Jr. I got like five inches on you. I'm going to steal you off. I'm going to make myself available. Essentially, he's like boxing out on a rebound. He's just boxing Gary Trent Jr. out of position. Suddenly, he's wide open under the basket. That's an offensive possession the Warriors did not have to do any work for. Draymond just throws it over the top of his defender into Kaminga. Kaminga catches, turns, easy lane. Easy buckets like that. The Warriors have not had a player that gives them that avenue to score points in a really long time. I mean, I think about Kevin Durant. What makes him so good is he can score in any way, and one of those ways is just easy buckets where he uses his size, his length, his quickness, his speed, his athleticism to his advantage. And for Jonathan Kaminga, I mean, you can add strength to that picture. He is underrated in terms of his strength and he just discarded Gary Trent Jr. You add that he also had a a move where 
He was driving from the right wing coming across the lane, not down the lane, but across the lane. He jumps from like seven feet out as he's gliding to the left in front of the rim, and he hits a little fader, not really a fader, I guess more of like a leaner, a glide to the left, and he hits a little seven-foot shot off the glass. Like not a layup, not a finger roll, not a dunk, like a legitimate like shot with a follow-through, not quite a jumper, but he's like gliding left across the lane, leaning away from the shot blocker, and he hits it off the glass perfectly straight through. This guy is developing offensively right before our very eyes, and after a first quarter that I frankly was relatively disappointed with, he was fantastic the rest of the game because he said, all right, you know what? I'm just not going to settle for jumpers. I'm going to get to the rim at will, and he did that. I thought Jonathan Kaminga was really good quarters two through four for the Warriors, and he was a big reason why they won. He finished with 24 points, second best on the team uh, to only Steph Curry, who had 25. And Kaminga also got six rebounds and a couple of assists. All right, as promised, back out to the phones. We go here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game after a 120-105 to win for the Warriors. Up next is Rich in Fremont. Rich wants to talk about uh, the winning ways of the Warriors. How are you doing, Rich, here on 95.7 The Game? I'm doing good, Grandy. Listen, thanks for taking my call. I, I think really at the end of the day, you're starting, to see, you're starting to see the face of the Golden State Warriors now, okay? They are gelling now, okay? Anytime you have two starters that are not in, not, not in there, and all of a sudden they can still go in and, and, and play a decent team and beat them after the uh, pressures that they had to deal with, the fact that, you know, you're dealing with the airplane issue and, you know, and the whole thing with, 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 with guys not being ready. For them to get that win in this fashion, it shows the face of who they are now. You're dealing with a team that knows how to use grit. And I'm going to tell you something right now. At the end of the day, Jonathan Kaminga, it's just, it's just, it's just like, 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 like Steve Kerr said. I would just have him live in the pain. Just, just keep sitting, feeding him. You know, Chris Paul with lobs, Steph with passes. Just keep feeding this kid because this kid, the one thing about him that's amazing to watch, he's explosive. Once he gets the ball and he's and he like a good pass or a good lob. You saw the dunks tonight. Come on, you're not, look. They look. Nobody was gonna stop once he elevates. That's it. That's it. You're not gonna stop him once he elevates. And I don't care how tall you are. Okay. You saw what he did to Hurdle. I mean, come on. This kid is explosive. He's explosive. And that's the reason why the other caller said, "Well, can we get him more minutes?" It's like, well, I don't know necessarily if more minutes is the answer. I believe it's still back to making sure that you design plays for this kid so that he can do what he does well. And maybe his jumper needs to be worked on a little bit, but when he goes to the rack, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I just, Randy, that was a brain press selection when they drafted him. That's what you call that. That is a brain trust selection. JK is going to be huge. Thanks for the call, brother. Yeah, appreciate it, Rich. Uh, JK, he has moments where he just, like, he he leaves you awestruck at times with what he can do athletically. And that dunk over Jakob Pertl was special. He had another one, I think, where he kind of was, 
against Pirtle again, but also Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly made a business decision and got the hell out of the way because he did not want to be in another JK poster. And it's not just like a nice dunk with with one hand and it's it's quick and athletic. He's got power behind these dunks. He tries to put you in the rim. And he'll like shake the stanchion, the, the support of the back. It'll be like shaking for 30 seconds after he finishes with a dunk. Like he's got power behind this stuff too. He is he's something else. And it's why I mean, you, you could argue with the Warriors' selection of him because maybe he wasn't ready to help the Warriors win immediately, but it's why you don't want to rush to conclusions about young players. And especially someone like Jonathan Kaminga who didn't have a ton of experience before he was drafted. You know, he wasn't a three-year, four-year college guy. Yeah, maybe you didn't pick the, the guy most ready to help you win the season that you picked him. But it doesn't mean that his career is all for naught because he struggled or didn't have an opportunity early. This is why you're, you're patient with your young guys, if you can afford to be patient. And there were moments, I mean, there was a lot of talk before Kaminga started playing, well, that maybe Kaminga was going to be traded at the deadline. You're, you're damn lucky, you're damn glad that that didn't happen because he's looking like he's blooming into not just a star, but a potential, like, like, front piece, lead piece of a playoff team, a contender year in and year out down the road. Like that's how how well he's playing right now. And it was on display again. I think after the first quarter, he had a couple of bad choices offensively in the first quarter. And then he said, all right, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm sick of these jumpers. I'm going to get to the rim at will time and time and time again in the second quarter. And it continued into the second half. As well. All right, back out to the phones we go on Warriors wrap up. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. Up next is Brett in Walnut Creek. Brett, what's up? You're on 95.7 The Game. How you doing on this Friday? You know, I'm doing uh, really, really well. But what I what I want to want to point out to some people here that you seem to have been missing is the importance, and I know you just mentioned it, of the draft. And 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 when you get the opportunity. Because nobody is that good to say, like, you know what? We're going to draft this guy, and he's going to turn into a superstar. But when you're able to be able to detect talent and then able to keep talent, you don't lose talent. So the fact that they were even thinking about trading Jonathan Kaminga, to me, is ridiculous. I, I put it in the same realm as the Niners thinking about trading Brandon Ayuk. When you're that lucky to draft somebody who, again, I don't care if you're the number one draft pick or Brock Purdy, you do not know what you got until they get there. And when they get there and they show you that, like, holy crap, not only are you what I thought you were, you're better than I thought you were, you do not think, you do not get rid of those guys. Those guys stay. This guy is, is is showing us with his energy, his enthusiasm, his youth, and his athleticism, he's a player. Not only is he a player, he's a team player. And, again, I, I, I do the Brandon IU comparison because it's the same thing. You guys got a young guy who you thought he could be all right, and he has absolutely exceeded your expectations fivefold. You do not get rid of those guys. You keep those guys, and – 
you know, real proud of Steve Kerr and, and the organization for saying, like, we're not going to do that. Because me, Mr. Fan, I don't know what I'm talking about when I say, oh, gosh, yeah, let's just do it. No, I got no idea. What I might have a small idea of is when it's kind of like I, I call it the Hall of Fame uh, 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 test, and I'm not putting them in that category at all. You know if a guy is good. You don't need them to have four years of reps, 20 years of reps. They're good. They might get hurt. They're not. But you can see it with this guy. It's, uh, I love his enthusiasm. I love his growth as, 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 as a player, as a team player, understanding his, his limitations. And I'm with you. I saw him in the first one. I'm like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? But I also attribute that a little bit to back-to-back, long night. I know I'm the young guy. I got to be the guy. I'm going to make something happen. Got himself a little out of position, but I, I, I love where this team is going. If I'm anyone else in the league, I don't want to play the Warriors. Yep, absolutely, Brett. I'm with you. And you got to remember also when it comes to Kaminga and, and maybe at, at moments being a little frustrated by a stint, like I, I think uh, a lot of us were with that first quarter when he settled for a few too many jumpers. You got to also remember, in addition to everything you said, Brett, back to back, all of that, he's 21 years old. The guy is 21 years old. Like, he's not going to be perfect. The fact that he's playing this well right now at 21 years old, oh my, imagine what he's going to look like in five years from now when he's 26. Like, look at his last three games. This road trip in Washington, 21 points, 10 of 13 from the field, six rebounds, five assists. Last night in New York, 25 points, 12 for 19 from the field, eight rebounds, two assists, two blocks, two steals. For my money, the best game of his professional career. Tonight in Toronto, 24 points. Wasn't quite as efficient offensively, 9 of 19 from the field. Some of that is because he settled for some jumpers in the first quarter, added six rebounds and two assists. And this is after a little bit of a scoring downturn. Not, not that he was bad or terribly inefficient, just that he had set such a high standard for himself when he was scoring 20 every single night and up in the 30s a couple of times. The last three games, though, of this road trip, 21, 25, and 24, Washington, New York, and Toronto. Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga is reaching a different level on this road trip, and while it wasn't as apparent, I think his, his defensive emphasis or his defensive... Um, I don't know, contribution tonight, he was elite defensively last night as well. And as much as we focus on what he does offensively, he has every tool to be elite defensively as well. So he is a, a two-pronged star because he can be a leader on both sides of the court on any given night. All right, back out to the phone lines we go, and then we are going to hear from Steve Kerr who talked post-game. Also an update, uh, I see the conversation about Scotty Barnes and his impact uh, on this game. He played in the first half. The Raptors were up by three at halftime, did not play in the second half because of a hand injury, and the Warriors outscored the Raptors by 18 points in the second half to win by 15. Scotty Barnes has been diagnosed with a fracture to the third metacarpal of his left hand. He is out indefinitely, so that is unfortunate for Scotty Barnes, one of the bright young stars in the NBA today, out indefinitely with a fracture in his left hand. He sustained in the second quarter tonight against the Warriors. Okay, uh, let's go back out to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. 
888-957-9570. Mark Randy with you. Up next is Roberto in Santa Rosa. Roberto, you're on 95.7 The Game. What's up? Can you, hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Okay, cool. Yeah, I see you. I hear you there again, MCMG. It's all, uh, my second time calling in. I just wanted to say that I my prediction before, just on the record, I wanted to put it, my prediction for the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs will be the number four seed. Wow. Wow. Okay. I have to say it. I have to say it. I have to put it on record because if you honestly, if you can step outside of ourselves and look at the record, the, the Dallas and uh, yeah, Sacramento, they got brutal records and they're going to go down and they're going to go down hard. And the only reason they're going to stay in the play-in, the play-in is because Utah, I think it's what is it, Utah and uh, yeah, Utah and Houston are sucking buttermilk this year. And so they, they can't have the strength to pull them out of there. But, but then the only thing also is New Orleans is really, they're still young. Uh, Phoenix is going to be hard, but I think both bookworms are going to, superstars are going to choke at the clutch. And so the only reason, the only caveat I would put that they, Golden State doesn't make it to the fourth and they remain the fifth is because of the two times the Clippers play the city of brotherly love. If, if Embiid was playing, I believe they would lose both of those games. And so the, uh, uh, Golden State would end up with the fourth state. So if, that, for, if Embiid doesn't come back and he doesn't come back strong, uh, Clippers probably will stay in the fourth and the Golden State will be fifth, but I still believe, uh, for the record, that the Golden State Warriors will be the number four seed in the NBA playoffs 2024. All right, Roberto. Well, I like your confidence. If we're looking at it right now, the Clippers are the four seed, and we've been talking a lot about how the top four have kind of separated themselves in the West. The Clippers are the the one of that group of four that are kind of falling back towards the rest of the pack. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've lost two games in a row. That Warriors loss to the Clippers uh, just before the All-Star break really hurts now when the Warriors had that lead in the fourth quarter. The Clippers are three and a half behind the Timberwolves for first. Uh, Denver is in third. They're only a game out of, of the Timberwolves for first. So, one, two, and three. Uh, Minnesota, OKC, and Denver are separated by one game. Then you got the Clippers, two and a half behind the Nuggets for fourth. The Warriors, if you're looking at the Warriors' difference with the Clippers, there are six games behind the Clippers. That, that's a, It doesn't sound like a ton of ground, but in the NBA, it's a lot of ground. And when you've got to jump one, two, three, four other teams in order to even get to the Clippers and have the right to jump them, that's going to be difficult. But if the Warriors keep up this pace, they win 13 to 16. They stay on that pace the rest of the season. They darn well might. Uh, but more realistic is the sixth seed, where the Warriors are only three games behind that right now. And if you're the three, or pardon me, if you're the six and you're playing the three, if you're the four or the five, you play each other. I think the Warriors would probably much rather be the five and, and say maybe uh, take on the Suns potentially. But if you're the sixth, there's a real decent chance you could be playing the Thunder, and the Thunder a very little postseason experience, and and that should be the Warriors' goal: shooting for the sixth seed. Uh, now, if you can get to the four, do it. You get a home, you get home uh, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Roberto, I appreciate your enthusiasm, and I like your confidence. Uh, but Warriors are aiming for the sixth. Uh, they would love the sixth. Of course, the fourth would be fantastic. Uh, but I think they'll be just fine with the sixth seed if they are to get that. Right now, the Suns and Pelicans tied for fifth and sixth. Technically, the Warriors are three games behind both of those two teams who are sitting at five and six, the Suns' percentage points ahead of the Pelicans. 
Okay, uh, let's get to Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr talked postgame today after the Warriors knocked off the Raptors. 120-105 to 105 was the final score. The Warriors, a 3-0 road trip to begin. They're in Boston on Sunday trying to make this a perfect trip. They've won eight straight road games. They're 13-3 in their last 16. And as we're talking about, they're now uh, percentage points ahead of the Lakers for ninth in the West. They're five games over 500, a season best, five games over 500 are the Warriors. Okay, Steve Kerr addressed the media postgame. Warriors winners in Toronto once again. Here's the Warriors head coach. Urged them to, to be a little sharper. Um, yeah. I, uh, I I don't like doing that. I hate yelling at our guys. I mean, they're, they're such great guys and um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing such a nice job. Um, we've really found a good groove. Um, but, you know, the circumstances... Uh, I think dictated the first six minutes. You know, I think our guys were asleep still, which was understandable. But on the first time out, I told them, we, you know, I'll give you a pass on the first one, but we got to wake up. We can we can only win this game if we, you know, put that stuff behind us and focus. And then we immediately messed up the uh, ATO and gave up a three in transition. So I called called the next one. Just, I mean, with the circumstances, how, I guess, satisfying is this victory to come out and put them yeah. in the second half like that? Fantastic win. Um, I mean, last night was brutal. I've, that's the worst uh, travel circumstances I've ever been involved with in the NBA. Uh, I think we got in bed at 8 o'clock this morning. You know, the guys slept during the day and woke up and came to the game. So it was, uh, it was pretty rough, but, um, you know... Really, um, I'm proud of the group for the way they competed. And, uh, you know, like I said, after that slow start, which was understandable, we really locked in and, and did a good job. Coach, how do you feel with, with the team right now? I mean, this is a great streak. You guys have won, um, well, 10 out of the last uh, 13. So what what do you feel moving forward? Is this the is this the ceiling of this team? Like, what, what else can we expect from this team? Well, I, I like... Uh, I've liked this team all year. You know, we had some struggles early on, um, but it was really more about um, things just coming together. And um, the chemistry has been great right from the beginning of camp. <clears throat> the guys are all committed to each other. They care about each other. Uh, they care about winning. And um, we've just gotten healthy and, and found a good groove. And I think it, it took us a while, frankly, just to figure out our team. Um, we were leaning on what we were two years ago when we won the championship early in the season and that wasn't working and I gave that a good long look and um, we eventually kind of um, changed things up and um, between that and getting Draymond back and um, you know, our young guys really taking a, a leap uh, forward um, and guys like Loon and Moses who are so professional just you know hanging in there during Difficult times, um, setting a great tone for the rest of the group. Um, we've got a good good uh, bit of momentum going, and we're just going to try to keep it going. There's Steve Kerr postgame. Uh, one of the, the wildest travel situations he's been a part of in the NBA. They did not get into their beds in the Toronto Hotel until around 8 a.m. local time, and then you've got a basketball game less than 12 hours later. So you sleep uh, deep into the afternoon, you get some food, and then uh, you head over to the arena and you lace them up and you play. And you can tell the Warriors were a little bit sluggish early, but they, they woke up specifically in the second half. Steve Kerr was upset. I thought Steve Kerr had himself a, a fantastic day coaching. Those timeouts early, 
Um, he had two of them that he was talking about right off the bat there on that on that clip that we played of Steve Kerr. Two timeouts very early. He called one with seven minutes and twenty seconds left in the first quarter. The Warriors down eleven to seven. Out of the timeout, they they failed a, an alley oop from Draymond to to Kaminga. Excuse me. Ultimately turned into a turnover. And then the Warriors did not get back in transition defense, and R.J. Barrett hit a corner three, and Steve Kerr immediately called another timeout just 20 seconds later, and that stopped the bleeding, and the Warriors made a little bit of a run. They closed the quarter on a, let's see, on a uh, set 14-7 to run, and they got back within three points to, to close that first quarter. Uh, many had a really good moment at the end of the game as well. Steve Kerr. With the game kind of hanging in the balance, the teams are trading buckets at 8 points, 10 points, 12 points, back down to 10. Oh, a three-pointer. It's a seven-point game. It was a 10-point game with four minutes and 18 seconds left. The Raptors just missed a three after a Warriors turnover. And you're feeling like, all right, if they hit this three, down by seven, they're back in the game. The crowd getting into it. The Warriors caught a break. They missed the three. Warriors got the rebound, dribbled up the court, and Steve Kerr still said, all right, guys, Timeout. Let's talk this over. The game is hanging there right now. We're a couple of possessions away from putting this game away. So he calls a smart timeout. And then what happens right out of that timeout in the fourth quarter? Um, they bring in Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, and Draymond Green. That was the closing group. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, an and one, makes the free throw up to a 13-point lead. You get a stop, and then a clay three-pointer. It's a 16-point game. Less than four minutes left. The game effectively over. I thought Steve Kerr had himself a, a really good game today. And if we're going to talk about all the times where he should have brought so-and-so in and he left this unit in too long, we got to also credit him when he makes the right decisions. And tonight, uh, he made um, a number of really good decisions. Uh, timeouts. He lit into his team a little bit. He was upset. What the bleep? Into Kaminga's face in the first quarter. And it was really directed to everybody. But Kaminga was the one guy he grabbed and, and got in the face of. Uh, and his teammate, his team, all the players, they they heard his message. And they responded uh, for the Warriors a 120-105 to win over the Raptors. All right, back out to the phones. We go on a Warriors wrap-up. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game. We're going to hear from Chris Paul coming up as well in just a little bit. Uh, he caught up with Bonte, Festus, and Moley on Warriors uh, on the post-game show on NBC Sports Bay Area. That's coming up in a little bit. I thought Chris Paul had some really interesting insights, so we'll play that for you. But first, Junior in Pacifica. He's up next. Junior, what's up? You're on 95.7 The Game. How's it going? Junior. Hey, brother. You there, man? What's up? Yeah, yeah. I, I am here. And let's... It's so impressive. It's such an impressive win. All the things you were talking about are amazing. And I'm I'm so sorry because I, I almost like say we're saying saying goodbye to um you know, to Wiggins because we've got Moody stepping up in his place, we got people filling in, we've got a cohesive story, everyone's having fun and he is one of the most amazing basketball players I've ever seen when he's on. And I'm so sorry he's not part of this right now. Yeah, Junior. Sorry, your your, your phone quality wasn't the best there. Um, I'm not sure that this is a goodbye for Andrew Wiggins. And again, we certainly hope everything is okay with his family. Um, but there is no doubt that Moses Moody is taking advantage of a situation born out of unfortunate circumstances. 
Um, but he's taking advantage. Three games of this road trip, all three of them, he's started in Andrew Wiggins's place, and he's had really good games all three times out. Uh, back on Tuesday in the nation's capital, 12 points, three rebounds, a couple of steals. I don't think that does his game justice. He was very good in that game. Uh, in New York last night, only eight points, four rebounds, one assist, one block, one steal. But he was the Jalen Brunson stopper. Not that Brunson didn't get his, but he made him an extremely volume scorer. It took a lot of shots for Brunson to get up near 30 points. And then tonight in Toronto, he was the Warriors' offense in the first quarter. He scored the team's first seven points. He had 17 points in total, three of five from downtown, a couple of blocks. With his seven-foot wingspan, he's blocked a jump shot in consecutive games. And not that block where you you catch the shooter off guard and you block it from behind. Like, he's the primary defender of these jump shooters. And, you know, he's given ground because he's scared of the drive. And then he recovers, gets his hand up, leaps, and blocks a shot with his seven-foot wingspan, a, a jump shot. Tonight it was a three-point shot by Emmanuel Quickly that he got his fingertips on. Last night it was the, the mid-range jumper by Alec Burks that turned into the fast break and one for Kaminga once the game got back within like four or five points with a handful of minutes to go in the fourth quarter last night. Um, he's a guy similar to, to Draymond Green, similar to Brandon Pajemski, where oftentimes you got to look further than just the box score. And tonight the box score says he played good, 17 points, 3 of 5 from downtown, but his impact is so much more than the numbers he puts up on the offensive end um, because he has the tools, much like Kaminga does, to be a very good defender. They're different. Kaminga doesn't have... Uh, or, or Moody does not have the, the fit, the foot speed and the lateral quickness that Kaminga does, um, but his length, he's not slow by any stretch, uh, and he's a very, very smart player considering he's only 21 years old as well. Uh, Kaminga and Moody can be a, a duo that help the Warriors immensely, offensively and defensively, now and, of course, in the future. And I guess to Junior's point, I don't think this is necessarily a goodbye to Wiggins by any stretch, but Moses Moody's play is at least forcing the conversation and forcing the decision back onto Steve Kerr and say, all right, when everybody's available, what's you going to do? Because Moody clearly impacts winning in a very positive way. In each of the last two wins, the Warriors win tonight by 15. They win last night by 11. Moses Moody was uh, the best warrior in terms of plus minus. No one... Uh, was better in terms of plus-minus each of the last two games than Moses Moody, plus 17 in his 31-and-a-half minutes tonight. All right, Warriors wrap-up rolls on here on 95-7 the game. I want to play this Chris Paul. Uh, he was the post-game guest on NBC Sports Bay Area alongside Bonte Hill. Shout-out Bonte here on 95-7 the game. Also, Festus Azili and the great Chris Mullen. Uh, Chris Paul caught up with the guys on NBC's, NBC Sports Bay Area after the game tonight in Toronto. Here he is. Molly Fezzi, Bonte here. Congratulations on the win. Eight straight road wins. You guys are 13-3 in your last 16. Can you discuss the difficulties of getting to sleep late this morning, stuck on the tarmac and they coming out and putting on the Raptors here in the second half? Yeah, we had an eventful day or eventful night. You know, couldn't get out of New York, man. But this team right here, I tell you, it's a, it's a lot of resilient guys. You know, we could have found every excuse in the book to come out and lay down tonight. But uh, we got a lot of guys that's not built like that. CP, 
Coach Kerr comes out in the first quarter, calls two quick timeouts saying this game is really important. You can see the intensity in his voice. How important is this last stretch before the playoffs? It's big. It's big. You know, we done had so many guys in and out the lineup uh, all year long. BP been a big part of this team. He was out tonight. Uh, the guys that we got, man, they just stepping up. Lester stepped right in. Uh, Trace was amazing. We just got a complete team, and we just going to keep trying to build and get ready for the, uh, this playoff run. CP with yourself, Steph, Clay, Draymond, you guys leading the way. I want you to talk about Kaminga, Moody, Quinones, TJD. Talk about the young guys, how far they've come in a short amount of time. It's funny, uh, Chris, because you know playing in this league is such a long season. There's so many ups and downs. And early in the season, I bet JK, JK probably hated us because we was on him all the time. <laughs> but it's because we, we see so much in him. And the energy he brings with our team, that gelling with us who play a cerebral game, uh, it's a great blend of basketball. Chris, we talk about your incredible court presence, your leadership. But I've, I'm amazed you're able to miss 21 games yeah. and come back in tip-top shape, play it to such a high level. To me, that's leadership. That's unspoken leadership. Talk, talk about what you're able to do while you're out and stepping back into the lineup 100% man, it's, ready. It's, 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 it's a lot of work, man. It's a, it's a great credit to the training staff here uh, with the Warriors, uh, with Danny, with Rick and all those guys, Potts, and also my, my personal team, you know, uh, Donnie, uh, my trainer, Johnny, a uh, bunch of guys in L.A. who during the All-Star break just met at my kids' school to, to hoop with me. You know, so it's a lot of work, and you do it so you can get out here and enjoy it with these guys. And, Chris, before we let you go, we know Clay started tonight, but he's been coming off the bench next to you, and you guys have a great rapport, Hall of Fame backward, coming off the bench, leading that second unit, and your three-point shot. You told us earlier this season, don't worry about it. I know I can shoot it, and you're shooting the ball well right now. Can you discuss how many open shots you can get now playing off of Clay Thompson? It seems like the gravity of both of you guys can create a lot of open shots for that second unit. Yeah, we just got to keep playing. It's a lot, of, a lot of reps, a lot of shooting, but... This team and the way that we play, you know, they tell us to shoot it. They tell us to play free, and uh, we just got to keep it going. Uh, Clay is really the heartbeat of this team. You know, people don't understand, you know, how he comes in and how he, feel, how he feels gets us going. So uh, we're going to keep feeding off of him. How about that at the end from Chris Paul? And that again, courtesy of NBC Sports Bay Area, Bonte Hill, Festus Azili, and Chris Mullen, as always, on the Warriors postgame show on the TV side of things. Clay is the heartbeat of this team, says Chris Paul. That's meaningful, and you you get that picture from Chris Paul, and you can kind of, I think, further understand uh, when Clay was fighting through his own emotions and his personal feelings about maybe losing a step, losing some of his basketball ability, because, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. He has a Hall of Fame career, a Hall of Fame resume, um, but it hasn't been the smoothest of sailing for Clay this year. But when he takes those emotions and, and you see them come out on the floor, that really hurts this Warriors team because, as Chris Ball said, he's the heartbeat of this basketball team. And now that he's, quote-unquote, accepted his bench role, I know tonight he did start, um, but that he's accepted this and he's, he's I don't I almost get the sense that Clay is, is not just accepting it, but he's excited about it. I mean, the post-game interview that he did with Bonte and the guys again on NBC Sports Bay Area after the win in D.C., it was more than just, yeah, I'm okay with it. It was, I'm looking forward to this every single night. He brought up willingly the benefits of, of coming off the bench. You know, you, you're, it's easier to kind of get into a flow because you can feel the flow of the game before you even step out there on the court. 
Uh, he's getting up there in age, and you don't got to go right away. You, you can kind of ease into it off the bench. Talking about Manu Ginobili, talking about other greats who have come off the bench. And this is kind of par for the course for a lot of NBA careers. You get to this stage of your career, you get into the mid-30s, Clay's approaching that, like you're not going to be the same player that you once were. And and as long as Clay is accepting of that, um, the Warriors team the, mentally, the, the team as a whole is going to be in a much better position because as Chris Paul says, Clay is, quote, the heartbeat of this team. And he said no one outside of the team really understands that. Um, but if Clay is able to continue to deal with, it's not a demotion because he's still playing the same number of minutes. He's putting up the same amount of shots, essentially, maybe like one or two fewer shots a game. And he's shooting at a higher clip, by the way, off the bench than he was uh, as a starter. He's not looking at it as a demotion anymore. And I think he was earlier. And that helps. That helps with the Warriors as they try to continue to add and stack wins at this stage of the season, they're winners of six, or pardon me, thirteen of their last sixteen, eight consecutive on the road, three and zero on this four-game road trip. They're a season-high five games over five hundred. And as we wrap things up here on Warriors Wrap Up on ninety-five-seven, the game, we take a look at the standings. The Warriors thirty-two and twenty-seven. Uh, the meaningful scores from the Western Conference today: the Pelicans beat the Pacers. They actually dominated. They got out to like a 30-point lead in the first half. They cruised. They win by 27. The Kings beat the T-Wolves in overtime in Minnesota. That's an unfortunate number, an unfortunate score for the Warriors. The Kings earned the win. Uh, Other meaningful scores is really only one other in the West. That is a final. The Celtics, who the Warriors see on Sunday afternoon, uh, they beat the Mavericks in Boston. They, They blow them out in the second half. They win by 28 points. Uh, The other game in the West is not yet a final. Uh, At the end of the first quarter, actually, no, we're at halftime now. uh, In L.A., the Clippers lead the Wizards 79-64. The Wizards scored 64 points in the first half, yet they're down by 15. The Clippers scored 79 on the Wizards in the first half. So it's looking like a Clippers win uh, for uh, L.A. over the Wizards, not that we were expecting otherwise. Uh, but really the Warriors only getting help from the Celtics who beat the Mavericks. So with those final scores, the Warriors are percentage points ahead of the Lakers for ninth in the West. They're a game and a half behind the Mavericks for eighth. They're two games behind the Kings for seventh, and they are three games behind both the Suns and the Pelicans who are tied in the fifth and sixth spots. Three games behind those two teams for that fifth and or sixth spot as well. The Clippers, assuming a win for the Clippers, uh, the Warriors would fall to, let's see, six and a half games behind the Clippers for four. So that seems like a pipe dream. But fifth place, believe it or not, is within reach for the Warriors. Only three games behind that at the moment. All right, we got to get to one final piece of business here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game, and that is our hardest worker of the game which is brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. I gave it to Jonathan Kaminga last night because he certainly deserved it. I can make a case for him again tonight, 24 points, six rebounds, a couple of assists. Steph Curry was his normal, very good self with 25 points. He made seven more threes tonight, six rebounds and six assists. Um... 
I feel like I got to give this one to Moses Moody, though, because he was the Warriors' savior early, scored the first seven points of the game, finished with 17, five rebounds, seven of 13 from the field, three of five from downtown, had a couple of steals, had a couple of blocks. He was very good defensively again, and he had his best offensive game uh, since being reinserted into the rotation with Andrew Wiggins' absence, which has now reached uh, a three-game absence. Moses Moody was very good today, and he is deserving of our hardest worker of the game award tonight. Again, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. Great performance, Moses Moody. And as we talked about last night and earlier tonight, he makes the threes at a decent clip. You know what you're going to get from him. Otherwise, the effort, the intensity level, uh, the defense, the shot blocking, the rebounding, the smart plays, the deflections, you're going to get that from Moody every time he's on the floor. If he shoots at a decent clip from downtown, uh, when Wiggins returns, Steve Kerr's going to have a predicament on his hands uh, because Moody is playing well enough to, no matter what the rotation looks like, no matter how much talent you got on your roster, uh, Moody deserves some playing time. All right, another win for the Warriors, 120-105. to They go for a perfect road trip on Sunday. That game tips off at 12.30. We've got matinee basketball on Sunday afternoon. I'll have your coverage beginning with Warriors Live at 11.30 in the morning on Sunday. Uh, and then Kevin, Dana, and company have you covered from Boston, 12.30 tip. And I'll be with you at postgame as well for Warriors wrap-up on Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to that as the Warriors try to make this a perfect 4-0 road trip. And this would be... The best win of the season. You beat the best team in the NBA on the road. That would qualify as the best win of the season, but this is a challenge. Boston simply does not lose uh, at home. On the year, the Celtics are 28-3 and in Boston. So a huge challenge coming up for the Warriors, but we're looking forward to it. Tip-off is at 12.30. Coverage begins at 11.30 on Sunday here on 95.7 The Game. All right, for Sterling Bennett, for all you guys for tuning in, to all the callers, as always, here on Warriors Wrap-Up, thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. My name is Mark Randy. signing off. Happy Friday. The Warriors victorious again, 120-105. to We'll catch up with you again on Sunday and also uh, Warriors this week, tomorrow morning, beginning at 9 here on 95.7 The Game. we got that to look forward to as well. One final time, 120 to 105 Warriors victorious in Toronto. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great rest of your Friday evening. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs>